0: Hello! Welcome to the LibroCube. My name is Jordan Maywood and I am the Lackadaisco LibroCubicalist. Is who I am. Today, my friends, is book ball Wednesday. When you tell your friends about book ball Wednesday, you're going to really want to hit those B's. Both in book and ball Wednesday. So what you're going to want to do i like to give a spoiler warning at the top of every episode, just about all of them, really. This one is no exception. No exception. It may be an exceptional episode. <laughs> Probably not, though. But the spoiler warning part is not going to be exempt or accepted. What? Hmm. I think all of that said will take us into our last piece of podcast-related boo which is today's sponsor, which is Tin Man Cardiologist Clinic. Once again, today's sponsor is the Tin Man Cardiologist Clinic. Thank you to that entity for sponsoring this one. So, so very nice of you. This book-a-Wednesday episode in which I am going to discuss Your Heart Belongs to Me by a Mr. Dean Koontz. You may have heard of him. Mm. Dean Koontz, or as I sometimes describe him, and I don't think I'm alone in this, the poor man Stephen King. (laughs) That's unfair. Uh, But is it? Because I don't think I've ever read any Stephen King books that I didn't enjoy thoroughly. Whereas with Dean Koontz, I've read some I very, very much enjoy, would give 5 out of 5 to, and I've read some that I have enjoyed uh, quite a bit less. I think this is going to go in the not quite a bit less, but just less loving of category. Uh, on that note, I'm professional, as I like to do, give out my rating early so I don't forget, because sometimes I do if I wait until the end. I'm going to go, jeez, probably three, because I did not hate it while reading it, and I did complete it. I would never read it again. I think, despite the fact that I hate doing half marks, I'm going to have to go two and a half. Yeah, right split down the middle. So, you know, there you are. Discussion over. Episode over. No, we're going to talk about it a little bit, too, because that is what a book on Wednesday is all about. Uh, this book stars Ryan dot com Perry. When <laughs> when I said dot com, I did air quotes, and this is an audio-only podcast. That's funny. He's uh, he's kind of really living the life. He's a uh, a dot com millionaire, billionaire, probably actually. Uh, he's got a girlfriend who he loves, has asked to marry him, she has not said yes, and has not said no. Kind of leading him along, it feels like, not very nice. He's very uh, active, likes to surf and such, and is kind of just living the, uh, you know, the billionaire lifestyle, pretty much. But uh, maybe a little more low-key, in some regards, okay? That's our main character. But then, because this is a novel and uh, we need to introduce a conflict, otherwise it would be pretty boring, something starts happening. He starts to develop symptoms of what, you might ask? Well, the title is a good indication. Symptoms of a uh, genetic heart defect. Oh, baby. It turns out that uh, he's got a bit of a weak ticker and uh, needs a heart transplant. Oh, shucks. And he's in the prime of his life, and it's a prime life, even. So uh, he goes to his doctor. Uh, It sounds like he's got this fancy, schmancy doctor who's only got a handful of patients that he sort of devotes all his time to, on-call 24-7, that kind of idea. Very, very personalized, extremely expensive care. And this doctor puts him on the donor waiting list as you do when you need a organ of some sort. It's never, I, I don't think, 100% percent, <laughs> 100% fully explained, uh, but he starts to get extremely paranoid, and uh, it's hinted that it's maybe the, the the heart not getting enough oxygen, blood, what have you, to certain areas of his brain, or some of the medications he starts taking. Uh, it's never really said outright, but uh, that was kind of interesting to see his kind of descent into paranoid madness almost. And because this is Dean Koontz and he's a little Stephen Kingy, there's always also a sort of hint of the paranormal, uh, like mysterious knocking on windows despite being very, very high above the ground. Uh, things appearing in his bedroom that he knows he didn't put there and nobody else uh, sort of in a locked room that kind of idea he starts even questioning his uh it's not a fiance because she hasn't said yes his girlfriend i suppose uh not outright questioning to her face but kind of looking into not necessarily her past but the past of her her mother who she doesn't talk to the past of his girlfriend's dead twin sister, who was um, I, I don't know how you say this, was assisted suicided? Had her suicide assisted? Mm, yeah, she was in a car accident, I guess, with the mom. So, uh, starts looking into the guy, a Kevorkian-esque dude, who performed this assisted suicide, thinking he might have something to do with his sickness. Oh, uh, I, I guess it was because of the possibility that when he went to the doctor, the doctor said... It may be something, someone has poisoned you. Which is probably not something you want to tell a friggin' patient with a weak heart. You've been poisoned! Ah, Not a good idea. Eventually his paranoia actually turns to this doctor. So he decides to get a second opinion. Which I don't think is super super paranoid. If if you have a doctor telling you of a genetic heart defect and need a friggin' heart transplant, that might be a, a time to get a second opinion. Not something you want to mess around with. Uh, this second doctor gets him on a, uh, I guess we'll say, an alternate heart transplant list. And although he been, had been waiting many months with the first doctor on that list, it's almost immediately that he gets a heart. Huh. Suspicious much? Mm. Mm-hmm. It wasn't at the time, and when I was reading it, I didn't think it was that suspicious, but it turns out it was, because this heart was from a, like, live person, a person who wasn't dying or dead. Shit. Uh, Right after this transplant, um, one year passes, and then mysterious things start happening again. His paranoia gets amped up. He's turned into kind of a, a recluse, very reclusive bit of a hermit. Uh, the engagement, I guess, has been broken off with the girl. A lot of that had to do with he has to sort of take it easy, I guess. Because he's got a new freaking heart. But some of it is his, his paranoidness. And that's where the paranoidness, par- paranoid-ness uh, gets combined with a little paranormalness. Mm-hmm. Seemingly. The uh, paranormalness comes in the form of, which I already sort of hinted at, uh, he's in his locked, very, very secure security cameras, what have you, bedroom. And, uh, on his pillow is a bag full of candy hearts. Ah, uh, hearts, back to the hearts. And they're all ones that say, be mine. Ooh, creepy. Then there's, like, a heart pendant. That's inside a locked safe, and he know he didn't put it there. Then he goes into his panic room, because, well, I suppose he's panicking a bit at this point, And someone has been in there as well. What the fuck? He checks all the security tapes, but nothing. Shit. Uh, eventually, he's sort of walking around. Uh, I forget why, it doesn't matter. Anyways, uh, and this Asian woman comes up to him and stabs him. Yeah, just walks up, bright, bright, as, bright as daylight, and stabs him right in the stomach. She says something along the lines of, I can kill you at any time. <laughs> it turns out she is the twin sister of the person who was killed to give him his heart. She is, and this is a little oddness, uh, she was part of a Chinese sleeper cell, so like a spy for China that was living in the States, I guess. So has been trained to spy on uh, America. It's got serious training that would allow her to say, I don't know, break into someone's high-tech house and put candy hearts on their pillow and stuff? Yes, uh, that's that's what happened. Kind of, a little, bit of a, a little bit of a downer there. Easily explained away. Now, this is where it gets even weirder for me. Uh, other than that, there was other paranormal stuffs. It uh, comes in the form of when he was getting his heart checked out, there was a nurse there who, it turns out, after much investigation, the nurse is someone who had been dead for several months. So it was this sort of kindly, somewhat elderly black woman who sat by his bedside and was incredibly nice to him and uh, sort of calmed him down before his uh, heart exploratory surgery. So they threw that into this book as a sort of paranormal thing. And then they threw in the the strange happenstance at his house that turned out not to be paranormal. And the reason I really didn't like that and I'm giving this book a two out of five is because they have several paranormal things happening over the course of this book and only half of them get explained by non-paranormal reasons which seems like a stupid way to go like either pick one or the other don't have don't have paranormal exist and then explain some things away that are strange through ordinary means and then leave some that a ghost of a dead black woman nurse helped him during his <laughs> post surgery time very very strange a ghost nurse if you will so i think that will just about wrap up our talk kind of a short episode because uh, i don't know i didn't really care for the book so i think not caring about the book means having less to talk about it that makes the logical sort of sense i think the takeaway is if you're going to have a book that introduces paranormal activity and you explain away some of it and leave some of it as paranormal, that is a weird decision as an author. Why Why would you do that? Hmm. Okay, so that will leave the final thing to say, which is always the final thing to say, which is, it is nice to be nice to the nice. Thank you for listening. We here in the Liberal Cube would love to hear from you.